Uh, Emma asked, uh, she had a talk with a friend who's Muslim and the friend told her that Nirvana and heaven are just the same, meaning that people who do good things will be rewarded. I think she's wrong, but I was not able to find good arguments. Can you help? <laughs> I think uh, Bonte should answer this one because one of us will possibly say something all right, all right. inaccurate <laughs> <laughs> about this. Yeah, well, this it's is a very it's a kind of technical, technical right? question. I want to be perfectly orthodox. Mm. Well, it, it, I mean, there are many, uh, many ways of answering this question. The Buddha did use the word sugati to describe both of... Um, or saga even, saga which means heaven, but um, to, to describe Nibbana as well, or it seems anyway, that he would include it in a, a good destination. So kind of lumping them together, the, the idea of heaven, the idea of, of, of Nibbana, but so, so, so you know, I mean, if you want to avoid an argument, you could just answer it in that way. You could say to the Muslim friend, well, yes, you know, I mean, th that's the point, really. You do good, you get good. You do evil, you get evil. You get bad come to you. And why? Because this Muslim friend is probably not going to be, be convinced w by you that, oh, yes, there is no self and there is no God and there is no entity whatsoever and everything that arises ceases and it's impermanent suffering and non-self and therefore we should let go of it and see things as just experiential in the present moment, give up past, give up future, etc., etc. Probably not going to get very far with them. So, uh, rather than, than take them all the way to Nibbana, or an understanding, a deep understanding of the difference between Nibbana and heaven, well, encourage them in that. Yes, do good deeds, and as a result, you know, encourage them in doing meditation, because there's actually, Buddhism only adds one aspect to the teaching of other religions, and that's the purification of the mind. So the Buddha taught that there are three aspects to Buddhism, sabha-papasa-akaranang, not doing any evil, kusala-supasampada, the becoming full of good, or the fulfillment of goodness, of wholesomeness, satchitta-paryodapanang, and the purification of the mind. So it's really this purification of the mind that, that enters into a, a different route, because you might even say that Nibbana is beyond good and evil. And the Buddha said in the Dhammapada, he said, this is an, an arahant has gone beyond and given up good and evil. This is where, why they fly free like a bird. But the, the, the point would, uh, of, uh, that, that I would recommend for the, the Muslim is that is to encourage them in the good deed of meditation as well. So, so to help them to see that if they want to do good deeds, it really has to come from a good mind, right? Because even Islam agrees with such things, that uh, if your mind is full of anger, then it's a bad deed. If your mind is full of greed, then it's a bad deed, and so on. And they do have this rudimentary understanding of the importance of the mind. So for example, I, I've heard a teaching, I don't know, I'm assuming it's Orthodox Islam, that uh, there was a story of an, um, a Christian and a Muslim and they were fighting and 
the the Islam was winning and he was about to kill the the Christian and then the Christian spit on him and when the Christian spit on him he got angry and so he put his sword away and he said I can't kill you now because I have anger in my mind so so, <laughs> so yeah if you're ever getting killed by a Muslim soldier <laughs> just make him angry <laughs> I mean it shows how rudimentary I mean because obviously Buddha, from Buddhist point of view we don't agree with that, that you can't you could never kill without anger, without some cruelty in the mind. Uh, but but it, th that's really the point. And so helping them to to see, you know, we're not asking you to become Buddhist. We're just asking you to to. We're just encouraging you to become a good person. So really, if you want to be full of good deeds, and and be avoiding evil deeds, the the. Uh, the performance of these deeds and the abstention from, from certain deeds isn't really enough because the only way to really perform good deeds and to abstain from bad deeds is to purify your mind, to have a, a good source of your deeds. And, and there's a way to avoid argument and a way to encourage people in meditation because ultimately the only the only way to overcome people's views is through meditation. and. Ultimately, that's all they are, is there's some belief, some view that is really this, it's part of this whole conceptual layer that is such a thin layer of, of our experience and of our minds. So you'll find that Christians, Muslims, Jews, people from any religion or any walk of life, within a week of meditating, they can discard any any number of views. It's It's in fact much less the views and more the addictions and defilements that tend to persist. If you just give them the, give them straight, straight, medit straight vipassana med insight meditation in line with the four foundations of mindfulness, if they, are, if they practice it, in about a week they'll start to ease up on this sort of thing and not really care. Unless you make it a point of controversy with them. You say, no, if you want to practice meditation, you have to give up God. If you want to practice meditation, you have to give up heaven. You have to understand the difference between Nibbana. If you, if you start requiring these things and arguing with them about them and, and, and making it clear to them that, that there's something important here that you're getting wrong, then they're going to just cling harder and harder to them. And then it could be a lifetime or a million, you know, thousand thousands of lifetimes and they'll never get it they'll they'll never stop clinging because there's the the conflict so that's the first way i would answer this question is to avoid that sort of conflict there was even there was a, a iranian woman, iranian man i don't know if he's here tonight but uh, he was asking my teacher about this cuz he, he had to go back to iran and he was afraid that um, you know, it would be very difficult to teach meditation there because the Iranian people are, or because the government will would even put him in jail or even execute him you know, for for converting to another religion and for trying to convert other people to to to, to religion that you know, not believing in God. And uh, my teacher said to him, "Well, we'll just say it's the teaching of of the Lord. And this this is just the teaching of the Lord." <laughs> to, He's using Thai language to explain it, uh, and so the word basically Lord. No? And he, and so he said because it's the it's it's the law of nature. It's it's reality. It's it's the Lord. Uh, it's, or or you could say it's because it's the Lord Buddha. But basically, he was saying you know it comes from the universe. It comes from the Creator. 
So uh, the, the the point being to to just you know encourage people in meditation. Don't worry about the who it's who it who it belongs to or or um, what are the words that you use and so on. But if you're interested in in the difference between heaven and nibbana, um, it's that heaven is a myth. Well, basically, heaven is a myth, and nibbana is reality. Why? Because heaven, the concept of heaven, is intrinsically uh, based on arisen phenomenon. You know, the, the idea of heaven is that there is something that has arisen, and so it's it's describing a series of experiences with a with a term with a conceptual name uh, namapanyati so you're you're in heaven and you're experiencing the glory of god and so on and you're praising god for eternity and there's all the virgins or whatever <laughs> i mean i don't know nymphs or whatever the truth is because there's some controversy about the use of the word virgin it might just mean Women, young women, or something—I don't remember. Uh, but, but at any rate, up in heaven, the idea is that 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 there is an experience, and those experiences are impermanent, suffering, and non-self. That's reality, and that's the reality that ordinarily we can't see. So, that calling it heaven, calling it whatever you like, is is saying nothing. It's still changing. Yeah, every moment is changing, and therefore it can't be stable. There is no force that can keep it uh, static. Because it's 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 changing. Uh, nibbana, on the other hand, is free from arising. There is none of that experience arising. There is no seeing, no hearing, no smelling, no tasting, no feeling, no thinking. Every everything that would arise has ceased and has ceased with that remainder. It's like the ultimate rest, the ultimate cessation, the ultimate freedom from suffering. It's the only possible alternative to arisen phenomena. It's not some special state of arisen phenomena or arisen experience. It's the only exception. Everything else that you could possibly ever imagine that could possibly arise is subject to cessation. Whatever reality, whatever thing really and truly arises, that thing must really and truly cease. And, and and from one moment to the next. So the only way out of that, the only exception that could ever exist in reality, logically um, and, and experientially, is cessation, this state of cessation. Now, if you don't want to attain that, there's because there, there was actually this question was asked on our, our Q&A forum this yesterday or something, and I was just answering it. And the, the the person said, well, there's someone who said they're so afraid of this idea of, of cessation because what will happen to their self, right? It's the cessation of self. It's annihilation of self. And uh, you know, that's a whole other issue about the, the, the non-existence of self and so on. If you want to go and read that question, it's quite interesting. But but so it's one thing to say that you don't want to attain it, and of course there's there's various issues with that, and and how to help someone to see that there's nothing being annihilated, there was nothing existing in the first place. It's just those things that arise, that have ceased, the, they 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 don't arise again, and there doesn't occur any arising. Uh, but to 
So you know, just just to see that, that that this is the only alternative, this cessation of of suffering, um, and and you know, so whether you want to realize it or not, it is the only alternative. It's the only thing that could possibly exist outside of that. And the the great thing about it is is that it actually does lead to peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering, and it is actually far preferable to any other experience. It's it's in a whole other level of peace and happiness. And uh, because of its actual nature of, of providing freedom from this incessant arising and ceasing, it, it actually is true peace and happiness. And a person who realizes it has no doubt. That's why a sotapanna is free from doubt, because they have none of this doubt about whether it's useful or not useful. They've come to realize it, and, and so they understand what is of true benefit, and that's the cessation of suffering. So, I hope in some way that answers your question.